Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still. When striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. commands my day 
Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you this morning. Glad you're able to be with us. Lewis, would you come and lead us in our <clears throat> opening prayer, please? And uh, we'll get our prayer updates in just a moment. Blessed Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the pastor, his wife, and all our brothers and sisters here today. Lord, I just ask that you be with us and, and open our hearts and our minds to, to, to your word, Lord, and just help us to be better people, to be better fathers, to be better sons, daughters. And Lord, I just ask you just to be with us in our hearts every day, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. Like I said, it's good to see each of you here this morning. We're missing quite a few and uh, not sure why. We know a couple of our people are still in the United States. So we need to pray for them as they get ready to return. They should be coming back. Wanda, did she tell you in a couple of weeks? It'll be December. I think yeah. about the second week of December. Second week of December. So it's maybe three weeks from now. Anyway... Frank, come and tell us what's going on. Wanda, I, I believe you're talking about Dell and Linda, right? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, a few things is happening. Nicholas, he's uh, he got transferred. Everybody's been praying about Nicholas, obviously. He's been transferred to another hospital. He might have to go through surgery. They're waiting for him to get build up in strength, uh, but it's maybe a valve. Uh, he's only 22 or 21 years old, so. Well, just keep on praying for him. And uh, Dr. Fred's brother, Frank, had an issue yesterday where he, uh, he blacked out at the house. I'm not really sure what all happened. He was sent to the hospital. He's doing okay. They're finding basically nothing wrong with him other than he blacked out. And hopefully he'll be released today. But uh, uh, continue prayer for that. And um, that's about all I really know right now. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> very serious prayer concerns and we're thankful that Dr. Fred's brother uh, evidently is not too bad and hopefully we'll be able to get home today yes so uh, uh, do pray for him but uh, we're thankful that it's not too bad give thanks is our song now so let us stand and sing together
Amen. You may be seated. Give thanks. Well, that's kind of what we do this week, right? We have a day set aside that uh, uh, we do that, but uh, we want to talk a little more about that this morning as we think about I am the door for the sheep. I'm the door for the sheep. John chapter 10. And as uh, George came in this morning, I think it was George, he was saying that uh, um, chapter 10 holds a lot of I am statements. And it does. We'll be looking at three different ones from the 10th chapter of the book of John before we finish. But the first one is, I am the door. It ties in with some of the other uh, things that Jesus said. And, and uh, so uh, it's hard to single one particular thing out and not talk about the other. So <laughs> uh, we'll look at that today as well. But John chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. Jesus says, I assure you, Anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door but climbs up in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. 
Jesus gave them this illustration. But they did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep don't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and out and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Our Father, we thank you today for this time together. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for providing for us. And Father, I pray today that as we look at this particular subject of you being the door, we might understand just what you're saying and not be like the disciples who didn't understand. Help us to truly comprehend, apply to our lives, and then be able to share it with others that we come in contact with. We pray today that you would be with those that are on our hearts. You know each one and each need, and we know you're aware. And we ask your blessings. And we ask you to bless our church. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we read this passage of Scripture, I think all of us can understand we can be thankful for what God has done. For who Jesus is. The great I Am. And the great I Am, the door as we look at this particular subject. The Dictionary of Bible Imagery explains that the Scripture tells us some things that we find in life as well. That doors and doorways are, pla are places of transition, they tell us. Well, we know that, don't we? <laughs> as we come into this building, we come in through a door through a portal and things are different on the inside than they are on the outside aren't they sometimes the difference is, is great some places have air conditioned buildings and it's boiling hot outside like it is in David <laughs> and when you come into that building there's such a contrast from what you left and what you come into Am I not right? We see that. A portal, a door, transition. Being on the right side or the wrong side of the door or gate can mean the difference between safety and vulnerability. Revelation or concealment. Hospitality or exclusion. When Jesus called himself the door of the sheep in verse 7 in this what's called the good shepherd discourse this whole chapter is called the good shepherd 
discourse, in case you didn't know. He was saying that he is the only way to enter into salvation. He is the only way to enter into salvation. I am the door, he says. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. In this passage today, as Jesus is identifying himself as the door, and later he's going to show himself to be the shepherd, actually we caught glimpses of that in today's reading, didn't we? And we'll talk about that more next week. Where he says he's the shepherd. But the true shepherd enters by the door. Verse 2 tells us. He says, the one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The door. By contrast, he tells us, that thieves, these are false teachers, climb over the fence to steal. Verse 1 says, I assure you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. Those that are there for mischief, those that are there for the wrong purpose don't come in through the door. They climb over. Come into the sheep a different way. And then he says that hard hands, and those represent poor leaders, run away when danger comes. They don't stand and fight for the sheep. And the reason they do is they don't have any personal investment with a sheep. They don't love the sheep. They are just hard hands who don't have any identification with those that they're hard to keep or to help. And since they have no personal investment in the flock, they flee when danger comes. This is found in verses 12 and 13 that we'll look at, as I said, next week. But the good shepherd knows the sheep. He knows the sheep by name. Verse 4 says, when he, was, when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them, the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. I've got a film that I'm going to show you that, uh, next week that, well, anyway, <laughs> that ties this together. It, it shows us that. And then he tells us that he gives the sheep life. Verse 10 says, I have come so that they may have life. And notice he says not just ordinary life, but that they might have it in abundance. Abundant life. 
And even he tells us in verses 11 and verse 15 that he lays down his life for the sheep. We know that Jesus did that. He laid down his life for the sheep. What does it mean for Jesus to be the door? Notice verse 7 again. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I am the door to the sheep. If we could have that. Do you see what's happening here? Guess who this is laying in the opening there? That's the shepherd. He is literally the door. This is the door, right? This opening. Or you could call it gate. Some translations even translate it gate, don't they? Notice that he's built an enclosure. Gone to some work to do that. Some enclosures for the sheep were simply brush and different materials that he could gather together in the area where he was because he wasn't able to bring them back to a place where he had done a lot of work to fix this enclosure. Now this would be probably closer to his home where he's gone to all this work and this trouble to build the enclosure. But regardless of what the material is that he's built this enclosure out of, it has no other door except for the shepherd. Now why does he do that? He wants to be able to be the last one there as the sheep come into the pen. He counts the sheep. There are several parables that Jesus has given. And one of them tells us about the lost sheep, doesn't it? And as he comes in that night and he counts the sheep, and he finds that there's 99. Isn't that the figure that's given in the scriptures? There's 99. But there's supposed to be a hundred. And so he goes out and looks for that other sheep that's not there. But anyway, he's the last one in. And then he's the first one up. And he goes out and leads his sheep to find pasture. Isn't that what he tells us here in these verses of Scripture? Think about him leading us. We are classified as sheep, aren't we? Now, I think I've told you before, I grew up on a farm where we had cattle. And pigs and horses and things like that, but no sheep. But I've talked with individuals who had sheep. In fact, some of our neighbors were actually sheep raisers. And... One of the things that I think is universal as I've talked with individuals who own sheep is that they're dumb. <laughs> they don't know how to do what needs to be done. And so this shepherd 
is absolutely necessary to help the sheep go to fine pasture, drinking water, safety, whatever it is that a sheep needs. When a wolf comes sometimes, the sheep won't even run away. That's pretty dumb, isn't it? But he's calling us sheep. When Satan comes, do we always run away? Sometimes we don't, do we? Sometimes Satan gets the best of us. So, the picture of the shepherd and the sheep. The door of the sheep. And notice he says that they will come in and go out and find pasture. I was reading about this this past week as I was studying for this particular message. And this particular writer said, this doesn't mean that you can go in and out of God's kingdom. It's not, you know, this is not the kingdom of God. That's not what he's talking about here. He is talking about safety. He is talking about the shepherd taking care of the sheep. But also the shepherd leads the sheep. He goes out with the sheep. And they go out and find pasture. And they go in and out, as he says here. And this particular writer was saying that some people look at this and say, oh, you can lose your salvation. <laughs> no, that's not what he's talking about here at all. They, they try to make it apply to the kingdom. See, you can go in the kingdom, you can come out of the kingdom. No. Now, instead, this is a measurement. A figure of speech using two extremes to refer to a whole. This verse could be paraphrased like this. In everything they do, the sheep will find pasture. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about us being led to the pasture and to the quiet waters and to the different places where we need to be to be able to be taken care of. The good shepherd takes care of us, his sheep. The blessings of his care include salvation, a close relationship with him, fellowship, as it were, with him, provisions for our needs. Not just food and clothing, but provisions. Whatever we need, God is able to provide. Protection. Abundant life. We, we could go on and on thinking of the things that God provides. This is a good week for us to celebrate Thanksgiving as we think about what God is providing Psalm 23 tells us the Lord is my shepherd I like nothing and we go on reading that 
verse of script, that passage of scripture and see how God takes care of sheep. Thank God for His provisions. Go ahead and put that next slide up if you would. Thanksgiving. I know the whole world doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. But most of us here in this room do, don't we? Did you know a lot of people in Panama celebrate Thanksgiving? I was talking to Daniel before I came in here tonight, and, or today, I mean. And they're celebrating Thanksgiving. They're getting off early. They're going home, and they're going to have a Thanksgiving meal in their home. Now, I know Daniel has had a lot of exposure in the United States. <laughs> And maybe that's rubbed off. But I think more and more people are seeing the need for them to set aside a day of Thanksgiving. I like the idea of Thanksgiving. Because it's not just a holiday, even though I know many people are just making it that, a time to get together. But Thanksgiving. Who are we giving thanks to? You know, they're trying to say, oh, we'll, we'll thank one another. We, we'll give thanks to one another. No, that's not what Thanksgiving was about in the United States. It was giving thanks to God. Being aware of what God has provided for us and is providing for us. Wanda has a daily devotional that she takes from crosswalk.com. And... Yesterday, in her reading, this was there, and I want to read part of it to you. It says, no matter what our current situation or the struggles we may be facing, here's what choosing to be thankful to God does. Now think about these things. I'm not going to go into these in the way the devotional did, but he says... It gets our eyes off ourselves and helps us to focus back on God. Eyes off ourselves. Eyes on God. It reminds us we're not in control, but that we serve a mighty God who is. We're giving thanks to the one who is in control and is providing these things, who is leading us in and out and giving us pasture, right? As we're talking about here today. It helps us recognize what we have so much to be thankful for. Start naming your blessings. I hope you do that this week. Of course, we don't just celebrate Thanksgiving one time a year, do we? But as we do celebrate Thanksgiving, use it as a time to reflect. And think about what God has provided for you. It reminds us that God is the giver of all good gifts. This passage this morning that we have been reading infers that as well. A heart of gratitude leaves no room for complaining. <laughs> have you known people that about all they do is complain? They need a good dose of thanksgiving, don't they? 
And then it makes the enemy flee. You remember when Jesus was being tested in the wilderness? What did He do? He reflected upon the Scriptures and how God was providing, how God was doing, how God was the one that we focus on and not what we may want ourselves. Everything Satan brought to, uh, to Jesus was a temptation because these were things that Jesus wanted. But in the right time and the right order. And the Scriptures defeated Satan. And it made him flee. And then it opens the door for us, Crosswalk says, for continual blessings. It invites His presence. And God loves to give good things to His children. I believe all of that, don't you? And as we celebrate Thanksgiving, let us truly, from a thankful heart, remember the song that we sang? From a thankful heart, give praise to God. Let Him lead us and guide us as we go about life. It may be today that we have some among us that have decisions that are needed. If you do, we want to give you the opportunity to make those decisions. And pray for those that do need to make decisions. Pray for those that are not with us today. Whatever the hindering cause might be. That those hindering causes might be removed. Hindering causes need to be removed. Whatever they are. Maybe sickness. Maybe other things. But let us pray that God will give us his healing, His help, that we might serve Him the way we need to. Let us stand and we'll sing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross.
Dr. Fred, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? Again, it's good to see each one of you here today. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and worship you. Truth in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you are the door. And we thank you, Lord, I think that most of us here has entered that door. And we thank you, Lord, when we get up there, and it may not be long, till we face you and the door open, and we'll go there forever. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the preaching of the Word. And help us, Lord, to stay strong in Jesus and be with all those that we pray for as I think about my twin brother, and bless him, and God bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at stevewood 2 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.